So I'm really excited to get into podcasts again because I haven't made a podcast in, geez, I think, coming up on a couple of years. Um, to kind of give you some background about me, um, I am a man of trans experience. I've been transitioning for a little over uh, seven years. I started transitioning medically in I want it, September of 2013. So I've been doing this for what feels like eons. <laughs> um, I do identify as queer. Um, I used to identify as bisexual, but I didn't really feel like it really encompassed all of my, all that I, I'm interested in romantically, sexually, etc. Um, I also want to kind of uh, preface this by saying that I do, I am speaking from a place of privilege, a place of male privilege, because I do pass as a trans man. I rarely, very, very rarely get clocked um, as a female. Um, so the the lens that I'm kind of talking through is um, is one that is not the same for every trans man, nor do I claim to be the ambassador or the spokesperson for all transgender men. So the there's a lot to talk about when it comes to transness. Um, there's a lot of layers to unpack and a lot of things to to peel back to really get into discussions surrounding transgender people. But the only experience that I can really speak from is mine, and that's one of a black transgender queer man. Um, if you want to throw another intersection into it, you know, lower middle class growing up in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> so that's that's really where I'm coming from with everything that I'm saying right now and everything that I will say in the future. One thing that I really wanted to touch on, um, and I'll kind of get into my experience and how I discovered my trans identity and, you know, how I figured out that, you know, I feel more comfortable living my life as a, as a man opposed to a woman and yada, yada, yada. I'll kind of touch on that at another time, but this particular podcast is going to be about... Um, just being a transgender man and navigating relationships. So when my first, well, let me, let me start by saying this. My first real, quote unquote, um, romantic relationship was with a then lesbian, now queer woman. And at the time, we both identified as lesbians because this was 2012, which is a year before I actually started transitioning and going through the process. So at the time we were both, you know, both, um, both lesbians. She identified as a femme, you know, identified as a stud. And that in and of itself has a lot of different um, layers within it about like heteronormativity and how, you know, just with us, not with all lesbians relationships, how we were kind of mimicking and mocking and sort of really emulating regular heterosexual relationships. There's also a, a piece to talk about in terms of biphobia and kind of internalized homophobia within our own community. But for the sake of time and staying on topic and not going off into a whole nother 
tangent or dissertation. I'm just going to be talking about my experience as a as a trans man dating, you know, exclusively. So that relationship lasted for all of about four years, three and a half to four years. And it started off typical, you know, honeymoon phase, you know, lovey-dovey, blah, 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 blah. And as I start to kind of really, and I don't, I don't remember at what point I got fed up with being a woman. Um, I had at that point already spent about 18, 19 years of my life living as a black woman. So there was a lot that I had to take in, a lot that I had to process. And even after I started transitioning with the hormones, there was a lot that I was still processing. And I think getting into it deeper, the internal the internalized transphobia that I had and the ideas that I kind of projected, well, let me put it like this, the, the, the toxic masculinity and the internalized misogyny that I projected onto my partner did do a lot of damage to our relationship. And I think that there's something that a lot of trans men won't really talk about. I think a lot of us are really good at talking about our experiences and how the world did us wrong and stuff like that. But you, you, you're, it's really hard to find content creators and trans men who can openly say, throughout my transition, these are the ways that I was toxic. And so a lot of people think that it's the hormones that make you this way. They don't really take into a lot of different factors like, you know, your level of maturity before you start transitioning, where you're adding your life, your age, um, your class, just all these different factors that people don't really take into consideration that I really had to step back and do a lot of introspection a lot, and take a lot of accountability for the way that I was toxic to my partner at the time um, in that particular relationship. So I started transitioning um, I, I come out to my partner, you know, I tell her, you know, hey, listen, I, I think maybe that I, I want to become a man. And, you know, she's fully supportive, you know, goes to the doctor's appointments with me, you know, um, helps me find support groups for transgender men, you know, in St. Louis, um, kind of propels me to get ready to talk about it with my mom and stuff like this. So in that sense, she was really supportive. But as I started to, to actually transition, we, we did run into a lot of different conflict, such as parenting. So at the time, you know, we were in this long term relationship and we had discussed what our options would be if we wanted to proceed with having children. And she has a condition um, that's PCOS, which if you don't know, is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which does makes it it does make it harder for a woman to conceive. Now, I never, ever, ever in my my womanhood was in a place mentally where I could confidently say that I would bear children. That's never been on my life path. That's never been something that I would even entertain. So a lot of it was this kind of, you know, tug of war with us both wanting biological children, but figuring out how would we go about it. So at the time, I didn't really know too much about trans men getting pregnant. Um, back when I was transitioning, I'm sure it happened. You know, I'm sure trans men have been given birth for, for hellas. But it was not something that I was really, I, I really knew too much about. Or, or what, I, I, I think I kind of pushed it out of my mind so much that I wouldn't even entertain it for, for our sake as a couple and 
having children together. So another piece that came into play when it came to parenting with my my ex at the time was some of the the I guess if you want to call it internalized transphobia that she had and her not really understanding and I I'm kind of hesitant and reluctant to call it transphobia because I think a lot of it came from a place of just sheer ignorance and just not knowing um how to navigate having a partner who you know six months ago nine months ago was a female so I, I being looking back on it and being really reflective I, how much can I really blame her for just not having that education you know especially when her herself had been a lesbian for years and years and years I'm talking like pride flags everywhere you know just this huge tattoo on your forehead like I, I'm a dyke so it's like how much can I how how mad could, could I really have been at her for just not knowing the language and how to how to approach conversations like that being that this is something that's new for the both of us I really don't know too much about at the time I didn't really know too much about being trans she didn't know how to be an effective supportive trans partners a partner of a trans person so it's really kind of you really kind of have to to factor that in when we, when we start to have conversations like this so I remember one incident where it's like it was a thing of us getting into this argument because she felt like if we did have kids together, then in some ways I would still be their mother. My side of it was, look, I'm a man now, right? So nothing about me. I didn't want anything to do with motherhood. So why would I have our hypothetical kids calling me mommy? And I think a lot of really thinking about it, I think a lot of her wanted to maintain her lesbian identity so much that it was hard for her to give that up. You know, when you've, and, and we even talked about when we go out in public and when she's talking about me and our relationship, what titles do you use now? Like, are you queer? Are you bisexual? And, you know, like, did I turn you out, you know, because I'm a man now and you're a woman who's dating a man? Does that make you straight? So it was just a lot of, um, uh, it was a huge, a huge clusterfuck for the first maybe couple of years of our relationship when I was transitioning. So the accountability that I take is being becoming angry that she didn't understand certain things about me at certain times. So, you know, going out in public and, you know, you know, maybe me, me not passing as well as I wish I could have, because to be honest with you, the hormones didn't really make me look like a just an everyday man for the first maybe three or four years. So for the, the first couple years, I, I look, you know, like a really hard faced woman, you know, like a really butch woman even more so I had a really pretty face really soft features so it, it wasn't really until maybe a few years in that you know my voice really dropped and you know I, I kind of figured out more masculine um, ways of standing and you know body language and postures and stuff like that so it was it was a really frustrating time for the both of us and I think stepping back and, and, and looking at it and look at my dating journey that that's something that I didn't really take into consideration so um, you can you can sit up here and say, okay, well, the hormones make you aggressive and make you, you know, you pretty. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. You know, not making excuses, not justifying any of my my actions or toxicity at the time. The hormones do change you your emotions. Um, so a lot of people argue that you know when when trans men start taking hormones that it makes them more aggressive than us. 
it makes us more aggressive. Um, it makes us more angry. Um, it, change, it makes, I guess, makes you more dominant. It, it gives you all of these kind of these characteristics that a biological man would have. I would like to argue that by saying that toxic masculinity is not something that the hormones, injecting hormones can just up and give you. That's a very societal thing. That's a very social thing. These are very, very much social constructs. So I, I yes, they do give you sex, secondary, secondary sex characteristics, but they don't, you don't go wake up one day and all of a sudden hate women or you're not, you know, you wake up one day and you're violent or you become abusive. Not saying that I was ever violent or, you know, put my hands on her, but I did definitely exhibit some toxic, you know, some toxicity um, in the, in the former years of my transition. So as much as I can throw the blame on her and say that, oh, well, she's the reason that we broke up because she was toxic when she was. But a lot of it, I had to really, you know, you know, man up and be like, I, I was the reason why um, our relationship didn't work out because that was my first relationship as a trans person. I was, you know, we were going through a lot as a couple. I was finding myself and discovering my manhood and it was just a lot of, <laughs> I, I think had we had the right resources and support systems, you know, had we had more, you know, trans friends, you know, people to kind of help, you know, maybe we, we would have lasted. But I feel like overall, you know, things happen for a reason. And, you know, compared to where I am now, I'm, I'm glad everything, it, it didn't work out. Um, and it's not to say at all <laughs> that I, I, I missed that relationship or whatever. It's just really in this particular situation and the conversation that we're having. That's something that I do have to be mindful of because it is a part of my journey and my process. So fast forward to about 2015, 2016, you know, we finally break up for good and I'm seeing other people. And I think kind of um, throwing this into the equation as well, a lot of the reason why I stayed so long in that relationship was because I was afraid that I couldn't do better. You know, I figured like I'm, I'm a transgender man. Um, big, I'm, you know, a bigger dude. I don't really pass that well. You know, I still could be easily clocked for a woman. So it would be harder for me to, to find someone who was accepting and, you know, and embrace me the way that she did. At the time, I didn't really know too much about queerness. I didn't know too much about, I, I thought it was like straight, gay, bisexual. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I didn't know too much about pansexuality. I didn't know too much about, you know, being queer. I didn't know what those communities were. And I really didn't know that there was a space for people like me. Um, so once we broke up, you know, I got on dating websites. I think Tinder was a thing at the time. Um, I got on like plenty of fish, you know, stuff. There's these different websites and I was kind of, you know, put it, test, testing the waters as far as dating. I knew that I liked women. Um, I knew that I knew I had, a, a, I guess, a type or whatever, whatever that means. And, but I was, I was really scared to, to date because I had been with this one person for so long. So it's like, how do you, how, how do I even flirt? Right. You know what I'm saying? How do I even put myself out there? Um, and then on top of that, how do I now explain to my potential partner, the, the women that I'm pursuing, how do I explain to them that I used to be a female? So I, I learned that through a lot of trial and error. Um, I learned, 
you know, I, I will admit, and I'm just being completely transparent here, I did catfish. I did, you know, pass myself off as a biological man sometimes. Um, I wasn't completely forthright with the women that I dated. Um, and I, I really had a, to find a, a, a kind of a gauge or create like this meter or, or this system of telling women up front, hey, I'm trans, this is what it is, take it or leave it. And, and, you know, also being defensive about it, which I don't think that you should, but that's another conversation. But also, it's, it's a, do I tell you up front when I first meet you or do I kind of not tell you at all or do I kind of tell you when I feel comfortable? And overall, I've, I've found that the most effective way to go about it was to just tell people at my own pace. I have been on Tinder where I did put it on my profile or dating websites that I was on, I put it, I specifically stated, I'm a transgender dude, you know, so if this is what you want, cool, come on, if you don't, fine, fuck it, fuck you, you know, so I definitely used to be one of those people who was very, you know, defensive about it, if if you accept me, cool, you know, if you don't, then fuck you, and that, that kind of gets into a whole other conversation about, is it transphobic not to date transgender people, and a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of accountability that, that trans men have to have is that when you actively pursue straight cisgender women, you can't be mad at the outcome that you get, right? You purposely put yourself in this position where you, you're asking for acceptance. You're asking to be, to be, you know, um, accommodated in certain ways by women who, who, who typically don't like you. I'm going to just keep it, I'm going to keep it a buck. These are women who like men, but they like men with penises. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So not to say that that's true for every, you know, cis straight, straight woman, but the ones that I ran into, it was like a 80-20 thing of 80% no, I don't like this. I don't like, you know, I respect you, but this is not what I want. And 20%, oh, okay, you know, I can, I, hey, I'll try something new. So <clears throat> that was a lesson that I really had to, to learn the hard way was you, you're forcing yourself into these spaces and you can't be upset when these women don't want to date you. But again, that has another, that has a whole other set of layers that you have, you kind of have to peel back and you kind of have to have a conversation about transphobia and is it preference or is it being transphobic not to date trans people? But anyway, so long story short, I figure it out over time between, you know, like 2015, 16 and about 2019, I'm really going through this period of growth as a person and I'm discovering who I am. I look different than, you know, in 2014, I looked way different than I did in 2019. I went through hairstyles and facial hair and growing facial hair and cutting it off and blah, 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 blah. So obviously people's perception of me changed. Um, I started to pass more. I became, also became more confident in who I was as a man. So, you know, by that time, by 2019, I, I didn't really have a problem saying, you know, I'm a transgender man. And, you know, a lot of the, I, I will say that the the more that I started to pass, the more attention I got um, on dating websites and stuff like that. So it's like when women are approaching you now, um, when straight cisgender women are approaching you, it's like the the ball is in your court when it comes to how you tell them, because you can, con you can control that. I mean, not to say that you can't anyway, but now that this is, this is, you can work within your own framework and, and and at your own pace because it's not hey it's not you knocking you know knocking at their door asking to court them they're coming to you and you can kind of be like okay well how do I want to approach this 
So I think it's a lot different. And that's that's, that, that's something that you have to kind of also talk about as well. So around 20, by 2019, I had known more to, uh, more about the queer community. I stopped seeking out cis heterosexual women to date. Um, I found a community that was for me. And that's also something that I think that's important is that when you are a trans person, you can't put all your eggs in one basket in terms of dating this one specific kind of person. Whatever your preference is, is what it is. But there, there are cis women in every every demographic, every subgenre, every every little category. There are cis women in the lesbian community. There are cis women in the bisexual community. There are cis women in the in the queer community, pansexual community, demi romantic, etc. You can go on for miles and miles and miles. But as a trans man, if that's what you're attracted to, which happens to be my case, well, at the at the time which happens to be my case, I had to learn that you, you go where you're celebrated. You you flock towards people who you know are going to really encompass you and really embrace you. So another thing that I kind of wanted to get into is just really being mindful of the partner's perspective when it comes to things and not putting so much... Well, it's, it's kind of a, a toss-up. So I, I want to empower you to ask me questions, and I'm just talking about the women that I'm dating at this time before I, I'm, you know, I actually settle down and I'm in the relationship that I'm in now. I want to empower you and give you this, this space to ask me questions. I want to be as transparent with you as possible. I want to be as open and honest about things that you may be curious about because I'm not going to lie. If if it's the the tables were turned and I'm a cis person. And a trans person's coming to me about, and they're opening up to me about it. Um, I'm going to have some questions, you know. And of course, with the, the people that I've dated, I got the obvious questions, which weren't always asked at the right time. Sometimes they were very invasive. It's like, well, you know, well, you got a, you got a dick or you got a pussy. You still got titties. And I got that from women. Once I started dating men, I got that from men. I got it from, I got it from everybody. So those be, those you know, it became like this kind of routine that I was already, I already braced myself for when I came out to people. Um, but in terms of a partner's perspective, I really think that it's important that when you're dating a trans person, not to, <clears throat> not to, to out them to other people. And I've had that happen so many times. So I get to this point where I'm ready to tell you that I'm transgender. Um, and I, I finally feel comfortable enough that you won't judge me. Maybe you've already mentioned that you're bisexual or that, you know, and that was kind of a, for, for me dating by finding out that a woman was bisexual was a very easy segue into that conversation. Um, so it's like, oh, you know, you already bisexual. Okay. Well, guess what? I'm a transgender man. So boom, you know, <laughs> and that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother layer that I'll kind of get to in a moment. Sorry, my nose is kind of stuffed up. But that's a whole nother thing that I'll get into get into here in a moment is when you, when you're somebody, when you're a trans person, you're dating a bisexual person. It doesn't always mean that everything will be, you know, rainbows and butterflies. But anyway, so I finally open up to you and I tell you that I'm trans and stuff like that. And without fail is, well, you know, oh, my God, I, I would have never guessed <laughs> Um, you know, so what's going on now? What's, what's your situation down there? Have you had any surgeries? You know, I just get this, this, this overflow of questions. 
So that's something that you do have to be mindful of when you are courting a trans person, when you are dating a trans person, is to, to not to overwhelm them because you're curious. So that's why I say it's a toss up because I, I want to create this space for you. But at the same time, you need to do your own research because I'm not going to spoon feed you this information. Um, Google is free. Um, there are plenty of books. Um, there are plenty of YouTubers and content creators who speak at length about these things, who are trans themselves, who um, who speak about these things that you can easily, if you care enough about this person and their experiences and you want to accommodate them as best as possible, go do your own fucking research. Okay. Be, if you want to be an ally and an advocate for your partner, you want to, you know, help them out, do your own research. Period. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Another component of that is, like I said, don't out your partner. Um, I can't tell you how many times that I've dated, and this happens with women. I very rarely found it with with the very few niggas that I try to fuck with. Is you'll be texting, you'll be texting a girl, <laughs> and that's why I, I the, if if I ever have to go through this again, I would tell that person, I would tell that person about my transition in person, like a face to face conversation. Um. They have a tendency to, you know, I'm texting them and I'm telling them, hey, you know, by the way, I'm transgender. And it just so happens conveniently that their best friend is sitting right there. And then it it's almost like this, it, not not that they mean in, in a malicious way, but it's just how it happens. It becomes like, oh, girl, guess what? This, you know, the nigga I was telling you about? Yeah, Jody, girl, tell me why he's transgender. So now the best friend knows, and I didn't give you my consent to talk to that person about that. This was between me and you. I'm telling you this. So now your best friend knows, and hell, who knows when she's talking to her brother's mother's baby cousin's sisters at the barbershop beauty salon. Now, you know, it's it's not between us anymore. So off the top, <laughs> and I, it's, like, fuck it, I won't, no. <laughs> But when you when you out your partner, it really breaks that trust that they have because this is already something that's hard to open up about. So the last thing that they that they need is for you to tell other people without their permission. Okay, so it's not something that you run around and girl, guess what? I'm, you know, because it's it's really catty. Um, trans people, what me? I can only speak for myself. I don't like to feel like an object, like a spectacle. I don't like to feel like me telling you this is something that's like. And that's for, you know, hot gossip, like, oh my God, girl, you know, because the, the, I'm, literally I'm trying to live my life as a normal man, as, nor, as quote unquote normal as it gets, right? Because normal, normalness, normal is, is relative. is everybody's normal is different, but I'm just trying to live my definition of what normal is. And that's very under the radar. Um, I'm not the type of trans person. I don't have like the testosterone molecule tattooed on my neck and I don't wear it on a t-shirt and you know and when I did go to pride before COVID hit and everything that was the one the one time of the year while I, I went all out and I'm like hey you know but in my everyday interactions this it's not something that I consciously think about it's not something that I, I put out there you know or nothing like that but anyway, um, just just dating as a trans person has been a, a roller coaster ride because it's a lot that I had to learn about myself. It's a lot that I had to take into considerations, and not just putting my feelings at the forefront of all my interactions and saying, "Okay, well, I'm trans, you're not." So my transness and my trans identity is going to be at the epicenter of all of our interactions because it's not. I'm the type of person when I'm dating, like I like to tell you about it. 
I'll like you know I'll do a little Q and A session for you, and that'll be the end of it. It's not something that I want to harp on all the time. It's not something that I want to constantly be mindful of, and blah 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 blah. Another part of that, another piece that um, I've had to deal with in my interactions, both romantically and sexually with men and women, is when I do date men and women who are not completely straight or, you know, maybe maybe you're you're queer or maybe you're pansexual or maybe you're bisexual, is this thing of where it's like you're the best of both worlds. That's something that I when I hear that and I've heard it so many times, <laughs> it makes my fucking skin crawl. I don't like it. It's not flattering. And I think, again, you have to think about impact versus intent. Even though the intent was to be flattering and say, okay, well, you know, I like men and I like women, but I like you because you embody both both of that. And it's meant to be a, a compliment, but it's not. Um, it's not something that we like to hear. Or I, let me speak in the eye. <laughs> um, it's not something that I like to hear because you're telling me that overall you do see me as a man, but there are some parts of you that still views me as a woman when I've explicitly come to you as a man. And it's, it's even more so counterproductive when you tell me I never would have thought, you know, or, or like I, I, I never would have thought that you were a woman. But then you kind of go back and say, oh, well, you're the best of both worlds. Because now you know who I am and you know what I used to be and you've minimized me to my body parts. Because outside, I just walking outside every day, you would not know that I used to be a female. So that's not something that we like to hear. So just just things that from a partner's perspective, things that you really have to be aware of in the language that you use around your trans partner and being mindful of how you talk to them and yeah but i mean overall it's gotten a lot it gets easier i will say that if there's anybody who's listening who's just started transitioning or you know maybe you've been transitioning for 40 years fucking whoever whatever wherever you are in your journey and your process it does get easier as you you know you find yourself and you find out what you want and you find out you know, what you like in relationships and what you don't like and, you know, the people that you like to date and the people that you don't like to date and stuff like that. But when we're talking about gender and sexuality in particular and gender presentation and stuff like that, a lot of it's changed for me. I can't say that when I first started dating after, you know, um, that four-year relationship that I was in, I did realize that, one, I don't just like women. And a lot of there's this conspiracy that the hormones make trans men gay or, you know, it creates this, this all of a sudden sexual interest in, in men. Um, I don't really know at what point I became interested in men. I know it was when I was dating, you know, that woman for four years because we had a huge fallout about it um, because she was being very biphobic, even though she herself, you know, identified as a queer woman. She wasn't, uh, she wasn't comfortable with me, being interested in men too. But again, a whole nother conversation, a whole nother day. But I did figure out that I like, you know, I like what I like. And that's the only way that I can really um, describe my, my sexual identity today is liking what I like. Um, if I if I find you attractive, I find you attractive. Um, and this sexuality is so fluid. And I think when you when you break it down e- even further, just for me, what I'm into 
sexually and what I'm into romantically are different. Um, like, for example, I primarily see myself long term with a woman. Doesn't have to be cis, doesn't have to be whatever. I just see myself with a woman. But sexually, I'm into so much more. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's things that I like that are exclusive to the bedroom that are way different than what I like romantically. Um, I can never see myself being with a man. I would never, never. I, no, it just would, it wouldn't work out. Um, tried it in the past, didn't, and I was like, mm, nah, I'm not really feeling it. But overall, my, my comfort is with women. Um, but yeah, so like I said, there's a lot of different layers to unpack, and I'll be doing, you know, more podcasts about, you know, the things that I, the topics that I kind of brought up, even within this conversation about, you know, biphobia and, you know, women who refuse to date, you know, bisexual men and just a whole bunch of other different shit. But this, for this to be my first podcast after, oh shit, years, um, that's one of the, the the first thing that I wanted to, to get into and create a dialogue about. So if you're listening and you have something to contribute to the conversation, you have something that you want to add to it, maybe you agree with it, maybe you didn't dis, you know, maybe you disagree with it, maybe I, I had you going, yes, or you know, maybe you were like, yeah, you know, throughout <laughs> throughout this podcast, definitely let me know and we can start to have these dialogues and conversations and really create create something and really spark a fire. Uh because these are things that need to be talked about. They're conversations that are comfortable for people like myself, but maybe uncomfortable for people, you know, like like y'all. So let me know. And uh, yeah, let's get the discussion popping.